Welcome to the Food Issues Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Revelant, and I'm a journalist, healthcare copywriter, and a mom of two. In every episode, we talk about the challenges around feeding kids and give you practical and realistic solutions that will inspire and empower you to raise healthy eaters. Hi, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. This is the final episode of the season where we've been talking to mom entrepreneurs who are solving for some of the biggest issues around feeding kids. And what a season it has been. We've talked about healthy cake mix, early allergen introduction and probiotics, seeds for kids and feeding picky eaters and so much more. If you missed an episode, definitely go back and listen. On today's episode, I've saved the best for last, and I couldn't be more thrilled to welcome back Katie Thompson to the show. Katie was on the podcast in season three talking about sugar in baby food, and so when I was planning this season, I knew I had to have her back on. I learned about Square Baby when I was in the research and planning stages for the launch of this podcast, and I was so interested in what they were doing, and I still think their solution is absolutely brilliant. Years ago, when my oldest was a baby, I was really passionate about making homemade baby food, maybe even a little obsessed, and I thought about starting a fresh baby food business locally in my small town. Of course, life took me in another direction, but I've always been really focused on the importance of feeding kids healthy, fresh food from the start because it can lay the foundation for a lifetime of healthy eating. And that's what Square Baby is all about. And they're not afraid to call out the industry on its marketing and oftentimes misleading practices. As a mom and a dietitian, I really felt like the baby food industry was broken. And I really felt as though no company was really helping me out. Katie and I talk about baby food and why there's so much confusion and even shame for new moms about what's best for their babies. She shares her incredible journey to launch Square Baby despite having a major setback and her steadfast determination and ability to flex, which proved key to moving the company forward. We also talk about the importance of palate development and veggie forward meals, and she shares her best tips for feeding babies and toddlers, plus her and her family's favorite square baby meals. There's a ton of science and practical information in this episode, and I know you're going to love this interview with Katie Thompson. Well, Katie, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, this is exciting. So let's talk about your story for people maybe who haven't uh, read, read your story or heard your your previous interview. But what were you doing before you founded Square Baby? Yeah, so I um, I got my master's in nutrition um, and always thought that I would go into the clinical field. Was very interested in you know helping people live a healthier lifestyle and. Um, kind of being in that support role, um, but ended up getting a job at Starbucks about three weeks after I got married. I was actually still in my master's program, finishing my thesis. Um, and that three week, what was supposed to be a three week contractor role to come in and do um, nutrition analysis on, on every beverage. So, you know, a tall, no whip, non-fat, mocha, tall, <laughs> with whip. <laughs> anyway, you get it. Um, three weeks of crunching numbers and essentially kind of um, showed that team and and kind of became really passionate about what else a dietitian could do for the company besides just nutrition analysis and, and data um, and ended up spending six years there um, as the first nutritionist really developing 
the health and wellness strategy and uh, revamping ingredients and creating nutrition guardrails, launching new products, uh, really leaving them with a roadmap for um, you know, healthy meals and products moving forward. And so have you always been passionate about healthy eating and food? I'm assuming you were because right? you went to school for it. <laughs> I know. So you'd think so, but it's kind of funny because growing up and maybe this is how so many people grew up. I um, was a, a child of the seventies, eighties, and that was the days of fish sticks and chicken nuggets and canned, <laughs> at least in our household, there was a lot of, you know, canned corn and canned green beans were my staples. And I think my parents definitely tried to get me to eat healthier food, but I ended up being one of those kiddos that made a list of the foods I would eat. And because the foods a list I wouldn't eat was far too long and um, became interested in nutrition, more like middle school, high school as an athlete, um, thinking about, you know, how to fuel my body. And then certainly when I got to college, I realized I'd missed out on so much fun food as you start to go out for more meals and are eating more with friends. And I didn't like fish or eggs or most vegetables and um, kind of embarrassing to admit, but I basically did my own palate training in, in college by going to Subway. Um, I would pile vegetables on any turkey sandwich as my way to kind of mask veggies and get myself to like tomatoes and bell peppers. Isn't that amazing? And then, <laughs> so shout out to Subway um, for being the reason I eat, you know, every vegetable now. Um, and then when I went to college, uh, my focus was in pediatrics. I, I was pre-med undergrad and then after college, really realized that my true passion was in nutrition and health and wellness. And then certainly becoming a mom made me very hyper-focused on infant nutrition. Wow. What a story, huh? And so what do you think are the most common challenges today for parents who are starting solids with their babies? Yeah, I think, you know, just kind of looking in, my kids are now 10 and 13, but certainly having a baby food company and being so focused on this industry and this consumer and parent what I see is so much conflicting information now between blogs and social media and friends and caregivers, parents, pediatricians. Um, it's really overwhelming for any parent, whether it's, you know, now it's, are you doing purees versus baby led weaning? Is it a combination? Which food should I start with? Um, when is my baby developmentally ready? Should I supplement allergens? No allergens. It can be super um, kind of scary for parents to start. Um, and I also sadly see, while there's so much support out there, there's also a lot of parent shaming um, that you see on social media of, you know, oh, I only made all of my kids' food, or I only do baby led weaning, or I've never fed my kids a store-bought meal or a pouch. And instead of, you know, kind of putting that pressure on, on others, it's, it's so important to realize that that feeding is a journey, right? And every kid, just like every other developmental milestone and when they learn to potty train or talk or, or walk that, um, you know, babies are, are all different and they're going to learn on their own schedule or in different ways. And what's right for one family uh, might not be right for another. And I think it's so important for parents just to remember, to give themselves grace and to trust their gut on what's right for them and their family. Yeah, absolutely. I feel bad for moms today. So one of the most common questions that new parents are facing today is why are food allergies so prevalent? And, um, you know, it's something I I often ask myself because I have a kid with food allergies, like, why did it happen to one kid and not the other? And and so what do they need to know? And and can food allergies actually be prevented? 
Mm-hmm. It's such a great question and certainly something we are following really closely as a, um, as a company that's really rooted in nutrition science. But it's very true. Um, food allergies are on the rise. There's, uh, they've seen an increase um, in 50% from 1997 to 2011. Um, and scientists, scientists aren't totally sure why. <laughs> With many things, as, as science and research evolves, right, and more, more comes up. Um, but many of the theories include that there's now greater awareness amongst parents and doctors about food allergies. So perhaps some reporting is greater, but certainly, um, you know, now that there's less exposure to bacteria um, with the, in the days of, of hand sanitizers at every turn, I know that's certainly um, something around COVID and, and something of this generation is that kids of these days are having less exposure to bacteria in general. Um, and certainly a lack of exposure to common allergens early in life. Um, it's really important to remember that babies are not born with food allergies. They do develop over time. And that there are things that parents can do today to start um, preventing them. There are some landmark studies, the LEAP, Petite, and EAT study, for example, that really show us and prove that uh, food, uh, introducing allergens early and often can actually help um, food allergies from developing. And one of the um, best, you know, my, my favorite landmark study, the LEAP study, shows uh, that two grams of peanut protein three times per week, for example, can help prevent food allergies, peanut allergies by up to 80%. So that's a really huge amount, right? That is a, that's an actionable, you know, doable step for parents. It's just a matter of taking those recommendations and understand, well, what does two grams of peanut protein look like per week? And what's the best way to feed my baby? But knowing that in general, um, introducing allergens as early as four to six months and often, so several times a week, can really help to prevent those food allergies. And so why did you start Square Baby? Kind of how did it all come to be? Yeah. So as a mom and a dietitian, um, I really felt like the baby food industry was broken. And I really felt as though no company was really helping me out as I went down the aisle. And remember, this is now 10 and 13 years ago when I first started feeding my baby. But even then, um, I felt like it was a sea of one-off products. I didn't feel like I knew how to combine and mix and match to make sure I was giving my baby the proper nutrition and balanced um, meals. I didn't know if he was getting enough servings of veggies or uh, fruit or grains or protein or healthy fats. And so I, um, I wanted to take the guesswork out of it for parents. I wanted to create a solution that wasn't just, you know, here's the healthiest product on the market, but here's a solution and a foolproof way to feed your, feed your baby that really takes away that anxiety. Um, another thing that I really noticed and the whole kind of reason for being for square baby and balanced meals, is I felt that many of the meals on the market, especially as the pouches started to come to the market, were really fruit heavy. They were marketing themselves as balanced meals and showing the kale and the quinoa and you know, right, right, all the right buzzwords. But oftentimes you see that uh, the amount of sugar in those meals um, indicates that it's actually a very fruit heavy meal. And not that fruit is bad. The fruit is absolutely a wonderful and delicious and healthy part of a balanced diet, but we're doing parents a disservice if we've marketed the product one way and truly it's, it's not what we um, are promising it to be. And so I created Square Baby to, um, to make this easier for parents and to upend the food and baby food industry and really put nutrition science at the center of every decision. 
we wanted to solve for every pain point we had when feeding our own babies. So we found it really hard, for example, to get premium proteins like salmon and egg and um, chicken and other meats into our baby's diet. Um, and we found it really hard in that we had to choose from you know, the store-bought meals or the fresh meals or making it ourselves. So we wanted to just um, create a solution that could be um, delivered to your doorstep and fresh and everything you wish you had time to make in your own kitchen, as well as you know, solving for those pain points of 100% daily nutrition and balanced meals and veggie forward and palate development, all the things that, you're, that are running through every parent's head of, you know, oh my goodness, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, but where do I start and how do I make sure I'm doing the right thing? Yeah, and you mentioned the fruit-heavy purees, fruit-heavy meals that are available in the store for babies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you said, there's nothing wrong with fruit, but can feeding your baby too much of the fruit-heavy purees create that preference for sweet in the short term and over time? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we are a part of a, a great um, group called Partnership for a Healthier America, Uh uh, Square Baby alongside uh, many kind of trailblazing startups, um, as well as the CDC and WIC and other great organizations have developed this Veggies Early and Often campaign, of which we're all coming together to really create this new standard and be more transparent about um, the amount of veggies and meals um, to really kind of break through that, the BS marketing that <laughs> tends to um, cover the shelves very often. But certainly what we have found the research and the white paper that was developed is that masking veggies, just as you can imagine, right? This isn't, doesn't really need a white paper to really explain it, but masking veggies doesn't really, doesn't do a service to your child, right? If, if you want them to learn to like broccoli and learn to like beets, they, they need to be able to taste those, those ingredients and those flavors and the earthiness and the bitterness. And um, the research has shown that four to seven months is the most uh, kind of important time. It's the window in time in which they are most willing to accept new flavors. So these early days where they're having their first bites, certainly fruit and tartness and sweetness is is a part of that kind of flavor wheel and and, and spectrum. But you do not want to have every meal be so sweet that they don't learn to like and appreciate the bitterness, the umami, the, the all, all the different um, flavors that really make up you know, the mainstay of our adult diet. Yeah. And when it comes to developing a new product, we all have ideas, right? We all say, wow, I wish someone would come up with this solution. Maybe I'll do it. And so when you came up with the solution, how did you know that people would actually be willing to pay for it? Yeah. Well, as a bootstrap startup that, you know, um, was a DIY for basically everything, we did not have the money for you know, consumer testing. You can spend 10, 20, 30 grand very easily on a, on a focus group. Um, but we really didn't need to. Um, uh, now that my kids are older, I've certainly been kind of toting around this idea and ha- you know, had the idea for Square Baby um, over a decade ago. And so I've had a, hundreds of conversations with different parents. And Every single time it was either, you know, oh my gosh, please start this company. Um, I wish I had this option when my babies, you know, my kids were babies. So it's just that knowing that if it would be so, so helpful for you and for other parents, um, you know, it's going to be, you know, an idea that, that sticks. Parents are so stressed out, especially now. I think that, like you said, there are so many more options on the market, which is so great, right? There And there's different ways of feeding your baby. There's a lot more talk about it. 
but it becomes really overwhelming. Um, and we know that parents are really focused on quality um, and having the best nutrition for their kids to really focus on that pellet development and prevent the picky eating. But they also need convenience. Um, and for those things, they're willing to pay for it because they're either finding themselves you know, going to the grocery store, spending hours in the kitchen and, you know, spending a ton of money on organic produce and proteins, et cetera, you know, or they're looking for, you know, towards companies like Square Baby who can really help them out and deliver that fresh nutrition right to their doorstep. Yeah, that must have been an amazing feeling, right? When you were talking to those parents and they said, please bring this to market. It must have just made you feel so validated that you needed to do it, right? Yeah, you definitely need those moments because, you know, I never, like many entrepreneurs, most of us didn't, you know, start out or start our careers saying, I'm going to build a company someday or I'm going to be a CEO or a founder. You started it because you were so passionate about it. And it's something that you cannot put down. You feel like this is what I'm meant to be doing. and you know, I cannot, I cannot put this idea down. I can't stop. And, but there are these moments where you feel like, oh my gosh, am I crazy? (laughs) This is hard and it's going to be expensive. And I'm, you know, walking away from a sure career at, you know, for me, it was at Starbucks with great, you know, benefits and a great salary and a, a very kind of promising future there. And, and I just knew that I had, had to leave. So it is these moments that it's the interactions with the moms. It's the, hearing them say, thank you, or, oh my gosh, my baby's such a good eater now. Thank you so much for, you know, for these meals. That's definitely, you know, what keeps you going every day. That's wonderful. And so for people who don't know about Square Baby, what can Mm -hmm. customers expect and what makes you different from your competitors? Yeah. So I talked a little bit about, you know, being a solution and taking away the, the guesswork on how to feed balanced meals. So I actually developed a 100% daily nutrition meal system. So what that means is for a six to eight month old, for example, any two of our square meals is 100% of their daily recommended veggies, fruits, grains, and protein. And because they're square meals, that's kind of a play on balanced meals. Um, All of our meals are veggie forward. So we have a veggie promise in that there will be more veggies than any other um, food group in in our products, which I think is exciting. It shows that you can have balance and you can have fruit and all the different food groups, but you can be veggie forward and and still have it um, be really delicious. Our meals are made fresh and they're delivered right to your doorstep. Um, We're really focused on pellet development. So through a variety of ingredients, um, we try to pick things that are more difficult to prepare that are truly a solution for parents. Um, And then the other thing that really sets us apart is that we, um, with our 100% daily nutrition meal system, we don't just have vegetarian or vegan options. We also have um, meat and allergen options. So we make it really easy to customize the nutrition to your baby. So if you're looking to avoid dairy, or if you need to introduce peanuts, or if you're a vegan family, or you're looking for you know, um, animal proteins, we have a really simple way to customize that meal meal, um, plan to your baby. Um, And we're always going to be, you know, rooted in nutrition science and um, focused on, you know, the research and recommendations. Yeah. And I think what I love about Square Baby, I think maybe I said this in our previous interview, but um, the fact that you offer fish options because Mm -hmm. so many babies, toddlers, kids aren't getting those in their diet. That's right. Yeah. And you think about it, like um, some of the more difficult foods to prepare, um, you know, 
how how often are are most parents probably feeding their baby salmon and shellfish and you know sprouted grains and things? Um, we definitely you know are are leaning on on the right ingredients from a nutrition perspective, from an allergen perspective, but also again like those more difficult to prepare um, ingredients. I mean, I certainly didn't sprout my own lentils <laughs> for my own kids. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's too time consuming. That's right. Who's got time for that? Yeah. All right, Katie. Well, we're going to take a break and when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit about what it was like in the early days of Square Baby. Summer is in full swing and the longer days make it the best time of year to bring your kids in the kitchen and have some fun together. Cooking with your kids is one of the best things you can do to encourage them to try new foods and eat their veggies. But most of us aren't chefs, and that's why I love the Kids Cook Real Food e-course. This course was created by a mom of four and former teacher, and it's for kids ages two to teen. You'll get more than 30 basic cooking skills, 45 videos, including a ton of bonuses, printable supply and grocery shopping lists, and kid-friendly recipes. The course also has a ton of substitutions if your kids have food allergies or dietary restrictions. My daughters and I have taken the course, and it was so easy to follow along that they made an entire recipe on their own. More than 18,000 families have taken this course, and the Wall Street Journal named it the number one cooking class for kids. All you have to do to sign up is go to kidscookrealfood.com slash foodissues And because you're a listener, you'll get a free lesson. Again, go to kidscookrealfood.com slash food issues and sign up. Between camp, road trips, and long summer days playing outside, my kids will be all about their snacks. And while snacks like goldfish crackers are quick and easy, they're overly processed and they just don't fill up my kids. Finding snacks with real food ingredients that are also affordable is really important to me, and that's why I love Thrive Market. Thrive Market is an online membership-based market that makes healthy living easy and affordable. Everything is organic and non-GMO, and members save an average of $32 on every order. My kids are all about the Lara bars and the Go Raw cinnamon snacking seeds. Thrive Market also has essential groceries, safe supplements, non-toxic home products like Truce, one of my favorite cleaners. They also have clean beauty products, plus ethical meat, sustainable seafood, clean wine, and more. If you join today, you can get 25% off your first order and a free gift. All you have to do is go to thrivemarket.com slash food issues where you can sign up and see my favorite items. And for every paid membership, they give a free membership to a family in need. So sign up today at thrivemarket.com slash food issues. Okay, Katie, so let's talk about your journey to launch this company. And what were the steps that you took to get it off the ground? Yeah, so this is a, it's a long story, but I will give you the footnote version. So don't worry. (laughs) Um, as I mentioned before, you know, my son, the son, uh, my, the kiddo that inspired Square Baby, Jackson, is 13 now. So it was quite a long road to get from um, idea to launch in 2018. Um, that idea really sparked my own frustration and feeding my own baby. Um, and as I mentioned, I left Starbucks in 2010 to really figure out how to create the solution for parents. The first thing I did was really dive into the research. I wanted to know if I'm creating a solution and I want to solve this, what, you know, what 
is the AAP and USDA and the WIC re- recommending? And how do they, how do I take all of that data and distill it down into a meal system? So that took quite a bit of time. Um, I did a ton of competitive research, of course, built my first deck, um, and then actually connected with a past Starbucks colleague who ended up being my first business partner. And together we almost launched Lil Squares in 2014. Most people do not know this. Um, during that time, I developed the square meal system and over 50 recipes that laddered up to um, that 100% daily nutrition criteria. I had my second baby in 2012, Nolan, and he ended up being um, the first test baby because I was developing all those recipes when he was a little one. Um, and my husband and I together as a very bootstrap brand who, you know, this was you know pre-funding, right? So everything was DIY. We developed the brand and the logo and our first version of the website. We made hundreds of calls to manufacturers, packaging companies, ingredient suppliers to build out our first business plan and model and to understand as much as we could about, you know, how to bring this product to market. Uh, We got a commercial kitchen FDA approved in the Bay Area. And at that time, we were going to launch in a handful of natural retail stores, as well as some farmers markets. Um, And we started to pitch to investors. Um, And then in 2014, I moved from uh, Virginia to California. And in that same week, um, my business partner had to step down for for family reasons. It was very out of the blue to she and to I. And it was totally the right thing for her family. Um, And we are still so, so close to this day. But, you know, of course, in that moment, I felt like, oh, my gosh, we we nearly had investors um, who were going to fund, you know, the first three years of the business. At least it was plenty of runway. Um, for us, I felt like my whole world had just felt fallen apart, and I didn't know. Oh my goodness, how am I going to launch this company by myself? Um, I had become very, you know, respectful, of course, of what my business partner brought to to me and to our team, and kind of how she filled my gaps. So, moved to California, business partner stepped down, and I was like, okay, I just need to focus on you know getting a house, getting the kids into school. My kids were two and five at the time, and I just wanted to be that kind of place of, um, I just wanted to be really, really, really focused on them at that time. So I started volunteering in the schools. And at that time I met Kendall and, um, our kids were both starting kindergarten at the same time, but we really got to know each other, um, really closely when we were, um, uh, volunteering, we, we held the field day. We revamped, we revamped the school lunch program. So we were both very focused on health and wellness. We started nutrition education at the school. Anyway, realized I found my next partner and um, basically proposed to her over text message as one (laughs) does. And in, uh, so that was 2017. And the two of us, you know, really spent a few weeks kind of diving into it. Um, I, you know, I wanted to really make sure she, she was very aware of, of what it meant to have a startup, but certainly as a you know, potential business partner and, and having, you know, someone have to step down already. I wanted to make sure she really had the time to evaluate, like, is this something, can I go all in? Cause this is a, you know, a no joke commitment. It's like a marriage. Um, and so together we, we spent, um, a year revamping the entire business plan. We rebranded from little squares to, um, square baby and square foods. 
Uh, we got F- FDA approved again, and we launched um, a brand new website with new packaging and launched um, our direct-to-consumer business, as well as a retail storefront in 2018. And that is my long story. <laughs> so there's still, a, there's still a storefront today? So no. So the funny thing is about that. So we were, had never intended to do a storefront, um, but we were looking for office space. This was you know, prior to COVID, obviously, and when everybody was working from home. And we found this really cute space in our town of Orinda that was right next to the Starbucks and to the, um, and to the toy store and was just a great cute little community spot. Um, and they're like, well, this place is zoned for retail. So you're going to have to sell food. And we're like, oh, this is not a problem. We can pay the bills. We have a direct to consumer model. We'll be selling food. Um, they're like, nope, you have to sell in this particular unit. You have to be a retail store. And we're like, all right, let's go. So we, <laughs> we utilized that space. We had a small little freezer in there and we had, you know, our local community moms come by and um, and that ended up being such a blessing because it it kind of served as our kind of real time Facebook group, right? Uh-huh. Like the, all those one on one conversations you have with moms as they've just come from their pediatrician's office and they're like, "Oh my gosh, you know my baby's low in iron and I have to start solids and I don't know what to do." And it's like, "All right, we got you." And and we had you know sometimes it's like a half an hour conversation with a mom and kind of helping them through um, the introductions of solids phase. Wow. That is such a cool story. Oh my gosh. I mean, it was just (laughs) destined to be, right? I really feel that way. I know it's so cheesy, but no, you look back on all the things and the things that have happened and not happened. And of course, you know, all the things that don't happen, you feel so devastated in the moment, but it's really taught me like, trust that in time, the right, like if you just keep pushing and you keep, you know, looking for the solution and you stay positive about it, um, that it will work out you know, yeah. the, the right thing will happen and will come along. Right. And you keep reminding yourself why you're doing it every day. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so what were some other challenges that you've encountered in more recent years? Yeah. So I'd say we started our um, business, you know, much like many small businesses do, but very unlike most of our competitors. So most of our competitors have had millions of dollars of funding with, you know, before pre-launch, right? So they're able to scale quickly and have all this money for marketing and PR. And and we took a very different route. So launching with 20 meals, if we would have gone straight to a manufacturer, a co-manufacturer, it would have been, you know, millions of dollars. And we would have had to learn on that really large scale, um, which is very expensive, right? And it's and you're not very nimble and you're making these really, really big bets and you're also giving away large chunk of your company because your valuation is so low at that point. So we just started really small. Um, we got a commercial kitchen in the Bay area together. Kendall and I made the first hundred thousand meals by hand. We, we hauled in ingredients. We had a, you know, we were at the commercial kitchen before our kids went to school. Usually we were able to, um, you know, get there by carpool pickup at three o'clock, but it was, you know, 800 meals a day. Um, and, you know, just hand labeling, it was pretty grueling physical work. <laughs> I bet. But I will say what we learned from that is being so close to the product um, allowed us to, well, one, we tasted every meal, every batch that went out the door and everything was, you know, tweaked if it needed to be like, ah, oh, you know what, you know, this needs a little hint more of curry or, you know, there's just, you know, seasonalities and differences and from batch to batch, just um, naturally, right? Just as you would cook at home, you, you you leave a little bit of room for those adjustments. But 
We also um, were able to launch new products, for example, with three weeks notice. So uh, we would just design our own label, send it out to the label folks. And then Kendall and I would get in the commercial kitchen. We would make the recipe and, you know, and off we went. And that's how we would launch a product. Um, But now, you know, on a larger scale, it can take months to do that. Um, You're not as nimble. I would say the other challenge, which I know is probably what everyone would expect, but I think it's worth mentioning because it can seem like it's so easy for everyone else, um, is that fundraising. It, it's just, it's a challenge. You can have, you know, we hear best pitch deck I've ever seen, you know, best brand. We love your product. We love it. You know, all the right things. Um, and still fundraising can be so, so hard, especially for women. But I would just say, mm-hmm. you know, really keep at it and know what you have. Trust that you know your industry better than 95% of the investors that you're going to talk to, but certainly that's a really huge hurdle. And it's, it is hard to hear a hundred no's. And even though every advisor is going to tell you, get ready for a hundred no's, you know, before you get your yes. But I think just trusting that the right, that you will find the right people at the right time, um, you know, is, is a, was a big lesson for us. I love how transparent you are. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> And so what is the future for the company? Are there going to be other product lines, different solutions coming out? Yeah. So um, we did name our company Square Foods for a reason. We are, uh, you know, we launched with 20 purees. We're now um, up to 21. Um, But we do see, you know, a, a future beyond purees for our customers. It's certainly something our families are begging for. Um, but our, our key focus right now is our national launch this summer. So as I mentioned, we have been in a commercial kitchen the first three years of market and are now going, um, you know, really scaling up so that we can go national. We just outgrew that kitchen. We could not produce (laughs) anymore. And so the, for the health and the kind of survival of our business, we really needed to go to this next level. Um, so in the, at the end of the summer, we should be launching our, national direct-to-consumer business, which we're so, so excited about. We will have brand new packaging. We'll have some um, new and meals that we're launching. Um, we're just, we're super stoked for it. That's awesome. It's, it's cool to see the journey from when you first started to where you are today. It's wonderful. And, and so wow. what's your favorite square baby meal and what are your kids' favorites? Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you <laughs> asked because I will always have this vision. My now 10 year old, um, what, let's see, it's been four or five years. So since he was six or so would chug the beet berry out of a glass, or he would say, mom, did you make beet berry today? You know, I'd have to bring him one home. Then <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I'd be like, buddy, I got to sell these. <laughs> um, but I thought it was so encouraging. Beets was one of those ingredients of foods that I didn't like until I was 30 and now is one of my favorite foods. And every time I see it on a menu, I have to order it. And it was one of those that was a triumph for me as a mom to get my kiddo to like beets. And he actually, one of the first times I made him strawberry shortcake at home, he was like, can we put beets on it? And I was like, oh my God, this is too good to be true. And I, and he, you know, he still goes through his picky phase. It's not as though, you know, at 10, he's this perfect eater where we, we, you know, have to um, still work on that pellet development with him as well. But beet berries um, is definitely one of our phases. The other one I would say is hazelnut pumpkin pie. I love it because, well, one, it's just super delicious. Um, but it introduces um, several allergens. So making 
tree nuts and egg and soy, super easy to give to your kiddo. That sounds delicious. And so what are your favorite tips for, for feeding babies and toddlers? Okay. So I'm probably a little bit of a broken record, but um, I just think that, you know, staying patient and giving yourself some grace is such an important thing for every parent to remember. I mean, I still have to remind myself that as I get frustrated seeing my now 10-year-old who used to eat salad off of my plate, no matter what it was. At the age of two, it was like he would eat any chopped salad you put in front of him. And now it's like, you know, he's starting to kind of push with that independence and and say that he doesn't like things. So I would say just remember um, that it's a journey, that it's going to have its upside, ups and downs. But in general, with, with pellet development and feeding your kiddo, offering various textures, really switching it up, like someday steamed, someday roasted, um, sometimes raw, adding spices, really kind of offering them a wide variety is really important. And anytime, as of course, as your kiddos get older, anytime they can experience the food, if they can help cook it, if they, you know, um, as a baby, if they're, you know, seeing it and touching it and playing with it, all of those experiences, I think, really give them a much more rich um, kind of experience with food in general. Well, this was so much fun today, Katie. Where can listeners go to learn more about you and Square Baby? Yep. So squarebaby.com. Um, be sure to join our wait list if you haven't yet already, and we'll give you the uh, best updates on our national launch as well as some exclusive offers. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. You got it. Thank you, Julie. I had so much fun talking with Katie Thompson. And like she said, feeding is a journey and all of our journeys are different. So if you choose purees over baby led weaning, or if your kid loves veggies one day, but not the next, it's all good. Be sure to head on over to squarebaby.com to learn more and sign up. Thank you so much for tuning into the Food Issues Podcast. You can connect with me on julierevelant.com where you can leave me a voicemail or send me a message and let me know about a new topic or guest you'd like to hear from. And be sure to go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I'll see you next week.